You're listening to the Seabreeze Church Podcast. Morning, everyone. Good to see you today. Well, as Elliot said, this is a, a big day at Seabreeze. This is Dedication Sunday. Today, we're going to dedicate our new kids building, which is behind us, to the Lord. Uh, the dedication of buildings is something that uh, was pretty common for the Jewish people in the Old Testament. Often, if a new structure or house was built, they would uh, take some time. The owners would dedicate that house to God. Probably the biggest dedication in the Old Testament was whenever uh, the people of God constructed the temple in Jerusalem. It was a massive dedication ceremony that took place then. And so whenever the dedication occurred, they were declaring that that particular structure that had been completed, had been constructed, was to be a place used for the purposes of God. They were dedicating it to God. In fact, the Hebrew word for dedicate literally means to narrow. And that's kind of how we use the word still today. So if you're a dedicated student, what that means is you narrow yourself in some areas. You say no to some things so that you can study, so that you can focus. You can be a dedicated student. If you're a dedicated athlete, that means you say a no to a lot of things. You don't eat some stuff. You don't you know, waste some time. You get some good sleep. You say no to a lot of things so that you can say yes to your athletic pursuits. You're a dedicated athlete. It is by the narrowing of our lives and saying no to some things that we actually dedicate ourselves and say yes to the things that we have decided are more important than the things that we're saying no to. So then what does it mean for us to dedicate a kid's building to our Lord Jesus Christ? What we are saying is that what's going to take place inside those four walls and under that roof is going to honor and bring glory to our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation uh, chapter 2 and 3, that's the last book in the Bible, chapters 2 and 3, it contains seven letters that are, are from Jesus that were written to seven first century churches. And in these letters, Jesus identifies four commitments that he expects every local church to dedicate themselves to. These are his conditions around which he will bless a particular local church. Back in 2005, the city of Huntington Beach granted us, as a church, the conditional use permit that we need in order to operate as a church on this property. We own the property, but the city has the right to set conditions around which the property is, is used, and that's true for every business and every place in this city. It's for our good, it's for our safety. This conditional use permit was amended this last year to include the, the new building. And if we vi violate any of the conditions on this permit, the city actually has the authority and the right to uh, end our use of this facility. We must meet those conditions. But even more important than the city's conditions on this property are the four conditions established by Jesus in these seven letters. If we violate these conditions, Jesus isn't going to move in and padlock the doors. He's just going to pull back from his hand of blessing on this place. He will turn out the spiritual lights, and he will cut the power of his blessing. We may not notice it on day one, but we will notice it over time. So for the past four Sundays, if you've been with us, we have been considering in turn each of these four conditions. So now today, we're going to dedicate ourselves to these four conditions as a church. So I want to review these four, and then we'll briefly look at the last letter that talks about dedication of these seven letters. The first commitment, the first condition, 
is we dedicate ourselves to Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Now, given that this is a Christian church, that may seem pretty obvious. But it has always been tempting, as you read through history, particularly church history, it's always been tempting for churches to, to in some way, try to update Jesus, and in doing so, change him and put words into his mouth to make him a, a little more acceptable for whatever the cultural pressures of the, time, of the, of the day are. You see, the, the challenge about Jesus is he came to bring good news. That's what the word gospel means, good news. The gospel of Jesus is good news. The good news is that he is our Savior and he is our Lord. But that good news only makes sense if you first accept the bad news that explains why we need a Savior and why we need a Lord. We have a hard time accepting that bad news. Every culture has had a hard time accepting the bad news. The first piece of bad news is that none of us are good enough. We are all sinful. We all fall short of even our own standards of what is right and what is wrong. That's why we need a Savior. But it's very hard for us to humble ourselves and admit we're not good enough and actually accept the Savior offer. Jesus is God in flesh. He came to earth 2,000 years ago and lived the perfect life that no one ever has. And he ended up dying a death that he did not deserve in order to give us a life that we do not deserve, a future that we do not deserve. His death was in exchange for our sins. And so now he offers to credit his perfect life in exchange for our imperfect lives to save us. If we will just accept the truth that we're not good enough and that he's only the, one, the only one that can forgive us, that makes him our Savior. But the second piece of bad news is also hard to swallow, and that is not only are we not good enough, the second piece of bad news is we're not smart enough either. We're not smart enough to figure out how to do life on our own. Now, that's hard to admit. From, well, really age two, we've all thought that we were about the smartest people that there could be, and we know what we, we want. But it turns out if you are a student of history, or if, even if you're just a student of your own history, we keep making a mess of things. It's clear that we're not smart enough. So having accepted his forgiveness and asking him to be our Savior, we also follow him then as Lord, which means authority or the boss. He's not, it's not Savior and advisor. It's Savior and Lord. And we follow him through the com complex maze that is this life. So in this new building, we will teach the next generation of the great news that Jesus is both our Savior, and our Lord. And there are plenty of churches throughout history who have turned Jesus into a person that would be unrecognizable to anyone who actually met Jesus when he walked this earth or heard him teach or watched him die on that cross or talked to him after he rose from the dead. They wouldn't recognize the Jesus that some of these churches are talking about because it's a made-up Jesus. It's not the Jesus of history. But as a church, we say no to that temptation, the temptation to change Jesus, to, to update Jesus, to remove the bad news part of the good news message. Because we know that if we walk away from the Jesus of the Bible, he will walk away from us as a church, and he will withdraw his hand of blessing. So that's our first dedication, our first commitment. We dedicate ourselves to Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. The second one is we dedicate ourselves to love God and to love other people. 
It's not enough to believe the right things about Jesus. He tells us clearly we are to love as he has loved. The challenge with love is that it's not just an emotion, it's a commitment. And time has a way of causing love to fade, to erode. It's true in a marriage, it's true in a friendship, it's true in our relationship with God. So if we do nothing, if we do not dedicate ourselves, if we put no effort into it, our love for God and our love for people, the people that God has placed around us, it will grow cold. And if that happens, Jesus will pull back. So we say no to the distractions that will always work to erode both our love for God and our love for the people that he's put in our lives. And we say no to the ongoing irritations that continually erode our willingness to keep forgiving the people who wrong us so that we could love. The third commitment is we dedicate ourselves to the truth of the Bible. In a time when everybody claims to have their own truth, we remain committed to the truth that God has revealed in the pages of the Bible. The reason is that the only truth that will remain is what God has said. Everything else, every other idea, no matter how popular it is, is just another in the long line of human ideas and human opinions that will fade and be replaced by the next big idea. But in the wake of all of these ideas, there is the wreckage of human pain because these false ideas bring real pain in the lives of the people who try them and who live by them. And we know that if we cave in on our commitment to God's word, the cultural pressure that is mounting will, will go away. But so will Jesus Christ. And we're unwilling to accept that. The fourth and the, the final commitment we're making today is we dedicate ourselves to take our sin seriously. None of us are pure. None of us are perfect. That's obvious. But there is a big difference between struggling against our sin and giving in to our sin or redefining sin so that we can kind of do whatever we want to do. Jesus came to provide a way to forgive us for our sins. And if we do not take our sins seriously, then what that means is we do not take him seriously. So again and again and again, we confess our sin. And then we get back up and we press on because we're forgiven. In my experience, the major part of the Christian life is just getting back on track. If you find yourself in the weeds, if you find yourself in a ditch, that's normal. What's not normal is getting out of the ditch, getting out of the weeds, getting back on track, and trying to follow Jesus. So for me, again and again, I find myself in the weeds, and i got to get back on track. We dedicate ourselves to do this as a church. Now, if we're going to keep these commitments over time, it's going to require more than a collective, oh, that's good, nodding of the head, agreement with these four. It will require the word we're talking about today. It will require dedication, the narrowing of our lives around a commitment to these four. The reason it requires dedication is these four will not survive as hobbies or side interests. They will survive only if we dedicate ourselves to them. Now, our preference is to nod in the direction of Jesus, not actually bow before him and follow him. Because 
if we bow before him and we follow him and we dedicate ourselves to him, well, that's going to that's gonna mess with our lives. Dedication always narrows. It always puts limits on a life. That's why, honestly, we tend to prefer kind of put in a C-level effort in our faith and our commitment to Christ, not an A-level effort. Now, to be clear, today, we are not technically dedicating a building. Buildings can't make decisions. We're dedicating us. We're dedicating ourselves. In the last letter of these seven letters, in the first uh, the chap- well, chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation, Jesus addresses this C-level effort in the area of faith. It's characteristic of the last church, the church in the city of Laodicea. Here's what he says in Revelations chapter 3, verses 15 through 16. This is the letter to this church. He said, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Ouch. So, Jesus gives this church a C grade. They're being average. They're not horrible. They're not great. And honestly, that is kind of the spiritual goal of many people. They don't want to get too extreme about this stuff because that's just weird, and people will look at them weird, and it'll demand stuff from their, their lives. And so they have, most people have a sense, you know, they, they, don't want a, they don't want a spiritual F. That, that can't be good. They don't want to be evil. And so average kind of seems the way to go. Average produces generally nice people. Now, if you live with them, maybe not so much, but just in public, generally nice people. The problem is C-level effort doesn't accomplish anything, really. It's just a smile and a nice, but the life doesn't add up to anything that really matters in eternity. And this is why Jesus is not pleased with the C grade. And he makes this shocking statement that we read. He says he wants to spit them out of his mouth. What could possibly be so wrong with average effort? I mean, spitting wrong. Every one of the people that listened to this letter for the first time in the city of Laodicea knew exactly what Jesus was referring to. They got the image immediately. That's because Laodicea's water came from a spring six miles away, and it was transported by aqueduct. All of these seven churches are in what is modern-day Turkey now, and it was the original, well, one of the postal routes, the old Roman postal routes that these letters were carried on. So Laodicea and all the infrastructure, postal and everything else, was built by the Romans. So this water would travel six miles by aqueduct above ground, and it arrived in the center of town, lukewarm and tasting awful. So everyone in Laodicea had had the personal experience of dipping water out of that well and spitting it out of their mouth because it was just awful. It had to be boiled. It had to be cooled before it was something you really wanted to drink. And it's kind of the same today. We generally like hot water. We like cold water. Lukewarm, not so much. You go to Starbucks, you ask for a drink. They'll say, you want it hot or cold? I've never been asked, would you like it lukewarm? I don't pay for that. Nobody likes lukewarm. And that's the point that Jesus is making here. You don't like lukewarm? I don't like lukewarm. Dedication requires a hot or a cold response. 
a clear yes or a clear no. Because dedication requires A-level effort, not C-level effort. So today, we are dedicating a building. But as I said, buildings can't make commitments. Only we can. We are the ones who must decide whether we will be hot or cold toward God, not lukewarm. Revelation 3, 19 through 20, this is the way the letter ends, the seventh letter. Jesus says, so be earnest and repent, which means turn around, get out of the weeds, get out of the ditch. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. We'll have a relationship. God does not force us to do anything. He doesn't force dedications. He invites us to dedicate our lives to him. He knocks on the door of our hearts. He doesn't come barging in. Now this verse was written, this letter was written to people who had already decided to follow Jesus Christ. They were a part of this church. But their commitments had faded from A to C. And now Jesus is knocking on the door of their hearts. You see, this this dedication invitation and response is a reoccurring theme in the Christian life. Like I said, getting back on track. So today, we have an opportunity to open the door of our hearts, either to Jesus, either for the very first time or for the 80th time or the 324th time, and turn the dial of our hearts and our lives toward the hot side and dedicate our lives to him and this church to him. So here's how we're going to do the dedication. We're going to walk outside. We're going to gather in front of the entrance of the new kids' building. Hopefully you've seen it. It's right there, right behind us. And uh, once we're gathered there, I've got a small stage area, and I'm going to, I've asked four individuals to pray a prayer of dedication. Each of them are going to pray for one of these four commitments that I've just gone over. At the end of each prayer, I'm going to invite you to affirm your commitment by saying amen. Now, don't worry about whether you're going to get the timing right or wrong. I'll make it really clear. <laughs> uh, the word amen means may it be done. It's your way of saying, yes, I commit myself to this. Now, if you're not ready to say amen, that's completely fine. We really want to be a church where people can come and investigate what it means to be a Christian without any pressure. So if you're checking things out or you're not really sure you want to make these commitments, that's completely fine. Crowd's big enough. Hopefully the amens will be loud enough. No one's going to turn and look at you and make you feel bad. So just <laughs> if you're not not want to say this, that's fine. But we, we welcome you to join us as we go out there and do this. So if you have children in the kids' ministry, please wait to check them out until after we gather out there and complete the prayer. I'll let you know when you can check your kids out. Then you can get your kids. You can walk through the building together. We're going to open the building up at that point. Also, just I'll remind you of this, but we, um, we've got some cookies that were made, sugar cookies with the kids' logo on them to kind of mark this event. So nothing speaks of dedication like food, I guess. So we're going to make sure and grab one of those. Uh, they'll be in the entryway to the new kids' building once we go in there. So let's go ahead and make our way outside in front of the kids' building, and I'll meet you out there. All right. So again, what we're going to do is uh, I've asked four individuals to pray. Uh, one prayer for each of these commitments. And then at the end of each prayer, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, 
And all of God's people said, and then that's your cue to say, amen, okay? Um, so first, uh, let me get Lance up here. Um, Lance is going to pray the prayer of commitment to Jesus Christ. Uh, many of you may not know this, but Lance has been the lead on this project for the last year and a half or so. So uh, he, he's led a team of three individuals from Seabreeze. Lance has been the lead. Uh, Chip, who I'll introduce in just a little bit, has been on the team. And then Tudor, the three of them have put in a tremendous amount of work. And it's Lance's attention to detail that really has saved us again and again. So that's the role that Lance has played. So yeah, we appreciate it. So Lance, would you pray? And then I'll lead us in a response. All right, let's pray. Oh, Father, you are, you are good. Uh, Lord, just thinking through all the, the details surrounding uh, this building um, is, is amazing to see your, your hand of involvement in it. Uh, Lord, from the, from the finances uh, to all the, all the people and all the time involved, um, there are just countless stories of um, how you have been involved and uh, you, how you have been guiding this process. Lord, we, we first and foremost thank you um, for being a part of this and for uh, allowing us to, uh, to be a part of your plan in, in building this, this building. Lord, it is a privilege uh, to serve you and uh, to use our gifts to, to serve you. Uh, Lord, we, we do thank you, um, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus, to die in our place. Uh, Lord, first and foremost, that is the thing we are most grateful for. Uh, we, we thank you for um, that sacrifice uh, that made a way for us to have a relationship with you. Uh, Lord, as we um, open up this, this building, Lord, we ask that you would uh, help us to um, be open to what you have to say, to be open to your words. Um, Lord, we, we commit to listen to you, um, to not uh, get off track, uh, to not uh, go on our own way or get distracted by um, all the other various things in this world, but we commit to uh, stay in tune with you and to listen. Lord, help our ears to be tuned to you and uh, direct and guide us as we move forward. Uh, Lord, and then you say in, in Romans uh, 15, or sorry, in 1015, uh, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So Lord, uh, this building uh, was not built just to look pretty. It was built uh, to be used and uh, to be used to further your kingdom, to further your gospel um, into this community. Uh, so we ask uh, that we would be messengers of that gospel or we, we commit um, to use this building and to uh, use our time uh, to reach people for you. Um, Lord, not just, to, um, not, not just to focus on ourselves, but to focus on others and reaching them with the good news of Jesus Christ. So Lord, we thank you uh, again for this building. Uh, we commit it to you and pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, some of you already said it, but let's say it together. And all God's people said, amen. amen. All right. Dale. Dale is our care pastor. Uh, I've been here a little over 31 years. Dale has been here longer than me, so we couldn't not have Dale be a part of this. Uh, oftentimes, Dale and I, having been here so long, we look at each other at this stage and go, <laughs> how'd this happen? So. Sorry, man. Would you pray? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll set you up. Yeah, that's right. Now, don't cry, so just pray. Our Father, um, we're reminded from your word that you love the world 
You loved us. You loved Huntington Beach so much that you gave your one and only son to die upon the cross that whoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. Father, then again in 1 John, it says we love because we were first loved by you. Father, today as we stand here on this piece of land in Huntington Beach that you have given us stewardship over, we look back our time at the Senior Center downtown, the beginnings, to the library, to here now, for 14 years. And Father, we know that we are to use our hands and our feet, our gifts, our talents, to show that love. Father, we've been guided by a statement that says, us for them that those of us that have experienced your love, your forgiveness, that we are to use all that we have to show them, those that haven't experienced that love and that forgiveness, a new life. So Father, I pray for the kids that, and their families that will be a part of this new kids building that they'll feel loved and cared for by our church. Father, I pray that they'll not only hear about the love of Jesus Christ, but they and their families will experience it in a real way. Pray, Father, that you would help us to continue to be constant and consistent in our love for them. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. This is Chip. Chip is a member of the advisory team, which is a leadership team at Seabreeze that helps me in the overall leadership of the church. Chip also was a member of the uh, construction team. Uh, Chip uh, retired from a career in architecture just in time to put all kinds of time in on this project. So we're very grateful uh, for his retirement and all the professional level help that we got and guided us and all the decisions that were involved in the construction of this building. So we thank Chip for that. And I've asked Chip to pray a prayer of commitment to the truth of God's word. So Chip, would you pray for us? Let's pray. Dear Lord, um, we thank you for this day of dedication and commitment, Lord. Uh, we thank you for all the blessings that you continue to, to bestow upon us as a church. Uh, we are committed to, have, to live our lives by the truth of your word. Um, we recognize that there are many churches that started with a tr strong commitment to live by the truth of God's word. But there are now places dedicated to the denial of his word. We also know that many around us rely on their own truths, and those will also fade. But the only truth that will remain is what God has said. You have taught us how important the Bible and your word is in our life, and we want this church to continue to stand on that foundation. Lord, I pray for the many kids that are a part of Seabreeze now and the kids that are going to come in the future and that we will learn about you in this new building. Also for the many teachers that will be teaching the kids the Bible stories and teaching them about the characters of the Bible so that they will grow up to have your truth as a foundation in their lives. Lord, continue to bless us. Thank you for showing us 
your truth through the Bible. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. Ethan is uh, our family pastor, so everything that's going to go on in this building for kids' ministry will be led by Ethan, so I want him to, uh, to pray a prayer of commitment to purity as we dedicate this building. So, Ethan? God, we come before you, and we are so grateful for what we're able to celebrate today and, uh, and, and uh, the past that led up to this and the future, the potential future, God, that, uh, that this day uh, hold, holds in store, Father. Um, and, and God, you, you are our Father. You are a Father to us, and, and you are a good Father. You want what is good for us. Uh, you do not want what is harmful for us. And Father, we want the same thing for our children, those of us who are parents, those of us who, who are not parents but are a part of this church. God, we want what is good for the generation that is, that is coming up right now. Um, and God, we know that, that just like what's good for us is to be walking with you, that that's where the joy is, that, that that's what's going to be good for the generation that's coming up right now. And so, God, I, I pray that you would use uh, these facilities and the people who are going to be here to help train the young generation in walking with you, uh, that you help them to identify and recognize a lot of the lies that there are around us in the world, uh, lies that promise joy, but don't deliver on that, God. I pray that you would help them to identify and know that, that walking with you is the only way to have a life of hope and a life of joy, and that they would have a firm commitment to doing that, to rejecting sin, God, and to, to walking in, in truth like Chip prayed and, uh, and, and, and walking in your ways, Father. Um, God, we pray for what's going on, going to go on in the walls of the building behind us in the future. God, we also pray for what's going to go on in the walls of each of the homes that's, that's represented here. Um, each Sunday, this building will be filled up, and your word will be taught, and we will be training children to, to follow you and teaching them Bible stories, teaching them about you. And each Sunday, those kids are going to go home. And so, God, we pray for the homes that they go home to, that that would be where an even greater training takes place in, in teaching this generation to walk with you. And so we pray that, um, that as, as we commit and dedicate ourselves to, to following you wholeheartedly, that that would just turn into a blessing for our children and for their children for generations to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. Well, let me pray. Father, we are grateful um, for your hand among us, evidenced in this moment in our history together. We long to continue to be a light in this community. We want to be a place where the heads of this community turn this direction and ultimately their hearts turn to you, not just as they drive by this property, but also as we relate with our neighbors, uh, those that we work with. We want to be your light in this community. And we have seen you do immeasurably more than anything we could ask or imagine. And this is one evidence of that. And this has occurred uh, as you have displayed your power through us. Uh, we didn't just stand by and watch you magically uh, make this building appear. There was a lot of work that went into it. But without your power at work, this could never have happened. We could never have pulled together we would never have sacrificed uh, the money, never have 
put together the plans that would allow this to happen without your power. So we give honor and glory to you. You are the one that has done this in this season and this time. And we give honor to you and we thank you. And we pray that in this building, for the generations to come, that your name would be declared and people would come to know of the good news that's found only in you, Jesus. We pray this now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and open the building at this time. Uh, so if you have kids in the kids' ministry, feel free to go ahead and grab them so they can walk through with you. Also, those cookies, if you want one of those cookies, uh, they're in the entryway in baskets, so go ahead and grab one of those cookies. So let's walk through the building. Thanks for listening to the Seabreeze Church podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit our website, seabreezechurch.com. Thanks again for listening in, and we hope you'll join us next week for the Seabreeze Church podcast.